Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Thriving Lives podcast, to the Wednesday weekly community Zoom call. Hopefully, everybody's had a great week. Um, tonight, so last week, we did our uh, spotlight of the new coach, Renee Hill, who's on the call. She's been on the call. She's been sitting here um, the past few weeks. Um, we never announced who she was. People just probably, probably thought she was just another client, but she's here. So Renee is going to be joining in on the conversation, cutting me off from um, saying nonsense for minutes on end. Um, tonight's topic, though, that we are going to be diving into is going to be on, I think the easiest way to say this is knowing when to give yourself grace and and knowing when it's no longer just giving yourself grace and now you're just making excuses for things. I feel like that's a, a tough line for people to kind of acknowledge where they're at on that because um, there is a spectrum on there. Um, also talking about, um, you know, something it's always like I'll have like one client that'll say something and then I realize, oh my God, I have a, a handful of clients that are struggling with the same thing. And then it kind of spurs me to be like, if one or five people are talking about this, then there's likely a lot of people struggling with this as well. And so there's a lot of examples of this, but in this specific example is people struggling to get their workouts in and then allowing that. So whether you're struggling for a time, um, um, bad time management. It could be on you, or it could just be that you're a busy mom and dad. Maybe your career is super busy and you're traveling a lot. Um, maybe you have to take care of, you know, an older parent or something of that nature. And you just have a lot more on your plate and it might not be like that all throughout the year, but it might be like that at different seasons of the year. And that's when it's key coming back to giving yourself grace that it's okay to not get your workouts in sometimes. Um, I mean, I, I've got a baby coming here in the next couple, you know, a couple months and I am already knowing that I have to give myself grace to not get to the gym and not get to those, you know, get workouts in. I have dumbbells here at home that I can, of course, get into small mini workouts. I might be able to go on a run or a walk and I might even be able to get to the gym and still get my workouts in. But I'm going into the expectation that, you know, for those couple of months that we have a newborn, not sleeping well, all that good stuff, I'm probably not going to get a lot of workouts. And if I do get in workouts, it's going to be much more of just treading water, just maintaining my sanity, getting out of the house and keeping some sort of normalcy. But I know I'm not going to be setting any records and doing anything amazing during that time. And honestly, same thing with nutrition and the rest of it. I'm not probably going to be amazing, but just because I'm not going to be amazing, just because I'm not going to be as good as what I always am, doesn't mean that I can't control a lot of things. And that's kind of what we're talking about today is that during the worst of times, during the the hardest times that you go through, it could be transitioning. You know, I have one client who she got married. Um, and then a few weeks later, she's in the process of changing her job and moving to a new house. So those are three, the only, you know, the only other thing you can mix into that, that's also a massive life change is having a baby or getting a puppy or something like that. And so she's doing three giant, giant things all within like a handful of weeks of each other. And that's tough. And not one person that I know of is ever, ever going to be disciplined during that time. And if you are being super disciplined during that time, then you're probably neglecting one, you know, enjoying one of those, one of those things or really kind of limiting it up. So during those times, it's not about her smashing all these workouts. It's not about her smashing every single meal and doing everything perfectly. She's not going to be able to do that. And if she has the expectation that she needs to do that, she's going to feel let down by herself and feel like she's failing because she wasn't able to be perfect. So managing these expectations, knowing when to give yourself grace, knowing when to um, 
you know, when it's when it's not just grace and you're just being lazy and things like that. But in this situation, she's not being uh, when I when my baby gets here, it won't be out of laziness or out of time management. It's going to be out of the fact that I have a newborn here and I'm being present for my wife and present for um, the baby and not missing any of those those sweet, special moments. Um, even though I'm sure half the time I'll be beating my head against the wall because the baby's not sleeping or something. But regardless, I want to be here and be present with it, though. And there's no sense in adding stress that, oh, I'm not getting my workouts in. I know I'm not going to get my workouts in. It's not even going to be on my plate. It's literally going to be in my backpack, not on my plate, not paying attention to it um, until I can actually go make it happen. And I'm going to be okay with that. Uh, but if I go into it thinking, I'm going to try to get in five workouts every single week once a newborn gets here, I'm, I mean, something's going to have to give with that. And most likely I'm not going to get that in and I'm going to feel frustrated because of it. So um, this comes back to what are the controllables that we can control when we're not getting our workouts in? Um, I would always, 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 and this comes back to what we always talk about with our hierarchy of needs. Um, it starts with sleep and stress management. If you're cutting out your sleep to go get workouts in, then you're, 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 you're taking from one cup and pouring into another cup, but you're not going to see the results you want to see if you're doing it to build muscle or you're doing it to, to lose fat. If you're doing it to reduce stress, well, lack of sleep will now make it almost impossible to gain muscle, almost impossible to lose fat. And instead of reducing stress from the workout, you're just adding more stress to your body. You're stressing your body through the workout and you're stressing your body because you're not sleeping enough. So sleep has to be that number one thing. Um, so that's why in a lot of these situations, I'm like, listen, you didn't get a workout in, just prioritize getting to bed on time. Um, you didn't get a workout in. So nutrition's all the more important. Um, one great example of this is, is my mom. She, um, she had knee surgery a couple of years ago. And that was when I started working with her and she's been a member of TLF ever since she'll be listening to this call as well. But so when she was going to get surgery and we knew that it was coming up in about a month or so, I said, mom, let me just start working on your diet. Like you can't exercise right here at all right now. Like let's control this because, if we didn't start doing that and she would have maintained the same unhealthy habits that she had nutrition wise during that, that knee surgery recovery, when she literally couldn't walk and things of that nature, then weight was only going to shoot up. And I'm sure um, just like anybody, when they get sick or injured or something like that, it's easy to throw yourself a pity party and just be like, I'm, I'm frustrated. I'm nervous, whatever. And so we turn to food during that time. So I said, mom, let me help you with this because the worst case scenario, I just wanted to mitigate any of that and just keep her weight the same, but ideally start losing that. And that would take off, you know, every pound of fat that we lose is another, I think it's 20 pounds off of our knees of pressure. So losing 20 pounds is 400 pounds of pressure off of our knees when we lose that. So I said, mom, let me go ahead and start doing this. So literally for the first for the first month, she wasn't doing any exercise because she was waiting on her knee surgery and couldn't really walk. Um, then the three or four months post-surgery, she was, again, very, very inactive. And during just that four or five month time, doing absolutely zero exercise just by focusing on her sleep and nutrition, we lost like 30 some pounds. So, and we didn't do anything crazy. Like she was eating, I think, 17, 1800 calories a day. We didn't, we weren't, we weren't down at a thousand calories or something like that. So she was eating probably more she was more full pretty much all day long and she had a little bit more food freedom even, but we focus on that. So my point in bringing up that little story is that we, I literally workouts were not even a possibility. So that wasn't even on the plate as an option that she could be doing. So we focus on all the other lifestyle factors, got those into a healthy spot. And then when she got to, back to working out, then she lost another 20 pounds and has now become much more active. Now she can actually be more active on her knee. Um, it still hurts, of course, just because that's what knee surgeries generally do, especially when we get a little bit older, but her quality of life is 
far better than what it would have been if she hadn't done that. And so again, point being with that, just because you can't get your workouts in doesn't mean you can't make progress. You know, especially a lot of people here are, they're not trying to gain weight. They're trying to lose weight. So nutrition and sleep and stress management are going to be the biggest levers that we want to pull on before even those workouts happen. Um, you know, Sydney, you have to here, build those foundations. Yes. Thank you. Do what? And then once you've built them, that's when I feel like you're more able to allow yourself to have grace. But I yeah. think at first, if you don't build the foundations, then you don't really have much room for grace because you're not following those needs. You're you're hundred percent right. Like it's it's hard to give yourself grace when you're 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 not focusing on any of those foundational things yeah. like that. But once you have some of those in place, then it's like okay, it's I can control seventy percent of my lifestyle right now, and the workouts are just the one thing that are going to kind of fall off on the wayside. Um, and again, like during the worst times, that's going to allow you to tread water. But even during the best times, you're still going to make a lot of progress. And and the other component to this as well is you know, everybody's a little bit different. Some people can just truly do a 180 in their lifestyle and make diet changes and workout changes. Maybe, I mean, sleep is really hard thing, but they can get those systems in place as well. And some people have to do a 180 because their life depends on it. But most people, if you're trying to do everything all at once, it's very overwhelming. You're trying to do too much. You're trying to change too much. You're trying to work too much against your current schedule, routines, lifestyles, thought processes, and it's too stressful. So even if you're able to do it, it's you're going to burn out at, at some point because it's just too much, too fast, too quick, too heavy. Um, and so that's why if you're starting a, a lifestyle change or you're part of TLF and you're doing this as well, if this is all new to you, there's going to be something we cannot um, maybe add in or maybe at least not be as as uh, consistent with. And honestly, that's okay if that's workouts. Again, I'd much rather it be the sleep and the nutrition side of it as those foundational pieces, like Renee said, um, and then we add in the workouts and then those, those can be optimized over the course of time. But even then some people are totally different than that even, and even just following a diet plan or following a supplement regimen is too much on their plate. And we have to start even smaller than that. And we have to, to, to work in more, you know, even if it's just like, you know, I'm not a huge fan of deli meat sandwiches. I mean, they're delicious. I love deli meat sandwiches, but that might not be necessarily the healthiest thing to eat, but just because it's, it's not optimal it might be optimal for where a person is in their journey. And again, this comes back to the communication side of things. If you can communicate your needs, if you can communicate your struggles, then we can work, we can collaborate more on a plan together. You know, this isn't a dictatorship. One, yeah. I think one thing also catapults off the other. So mm-hmm. like if you aren't huge into diet plans, but you can start working out, then your body's going to eventually like you're going to eventually start wanting to crave those healthier foods to optimize what you're doing in the gym or what you're doing with your extra movement. So I think it's like it, I think you can start in one spot and then build off of that. I think naturally you'll just build off of that. So maybe it's not, maybe you can't focus on diet right now. Maybe it has to be or only sleep or something like that. A hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like to use the example of of starting with diet and then working in the workouts. But again, it can be the other way as well. Um, maybe, you know, maybe just maybe you have um, 
there could be an eating disorder at play. There could be other underlying things that are making the diet side of things really, really difficult. In those situations, we pull back and we say, hey, you know, let's just follow these couple of little guidelines. If you can just try to do this part, but let's focus on the workouts because you're really enjoying that aspect of it. And once you get that habit in check, then we can add on to it. So again, like there are so many different ways that that we can cut it. But again, this comes back to the whole umbrella of this topic is when you can't control everything, control at least what you can control what's within your grasp. Um, you know, it's just, it's just, it's just important that you're not, if you lose one tire, you're not going to slash the other three. If you lose one tire, you're not just going to drive your car off a cliff because I lost one tire. Um, in fact, and this was actually a perfect timing, a, uh, a client earlier today, actually just before we got on the call, where's this text at here? Um, we were talking about some other things and then he says, unfortunately, I really effed up today. And this dude's kind of been, been struggling with the work outside of things, getting those in some of it's time management. Sometimes it's family stuff. Sometimes it's work stuff, but regardless, it's been really, really tough to get in any sort of a rhythm with the workouts. Um, but he's focusing on the one negative and not focusing on the things that were actually within his control. Maybe the wins that he did, or maybe he didn't have a lot of other wins because he was so focused on the one negative that it just threw his entire day off. But so he said, unfortunately, I really effed up today. And he was talking about, I knew he was out at like a luncheon situation. So I didn't even ask him what happened. I just assume that his nutrition was off, that he made poor decisions, whether he had a good decision that he could have made and made a poor one instead, or whatever the case was, he probably didn't do a good job on his nutrition. So I didn't even ask him what happened. I said, keyword in parentheses today, that doesn't mean that tomorrow has to be um, I like that at all. You can control your last meal tonight. You know, it was at 6 p.m. whenever he texted me. I'm sure he has another meal left. He has a dinner to eat. Maybe instead of going to Chipotle or going to Chick-fil-A or going wherever, you know, insert your own food in there. Um, instead of doing that, let's eat the, the meal you already have prepped. Let's let's try to clean up that last choice before you go to bed. Let's, you know, enjoy the quality time with your wife and your daughter before it is a younger daughter. Enjoy the quality time with your, your wife and daughter and then get to bed at a decent time tonight. So even though maybe nothing went right today, maybe you didn't drink enough water, maybe all of your meals were messed up, maybe not even just lunch, probably didn't get to your workout today because work took over, but there's still a couple of wins that you can stack up at the end of the day. Just because you had a bad first 12 hours of the day doesn't mean the last three hours need to be tossed away either. And then and that what that's going to do is it's going to help him wake up at a decent time tomorrow, feeling well rested because he got a good amount of sleep last night. Um, he got to kind of relax and enjoy his time with his family. And then boom, Thursday is probably going to be a much better day. Whereas if he says, woe is me, why well, would I had a bad day? And then he goes out and eats some bullshit. And then he doesn't get to sleep on time because he allows himself to stay up binge watching Netflix or whatever the case is. Now he wakes up tomorrow tired. He's more hungry, has more cravings. Maybe he's in a situation where he could have made a good choice or a bad choice, and he made another bad choice because he's like, well, I already messed up on Wednesday. Let's just keep the party going for the next few days. I'll start back on Monday. That's just not what we want. It also takes time, I think, to learn that. Like You have to almost like have those like spirals, I think, to eventually learn. Like, yep. okay, I've had a shitty day, so I'm not going to grab the glass of wine. I'm not going to grab all the sweets or great day. So I'm going to get a cake. Like it just takes, I think time to learn like where to reward yourself and to not reward or punish you with food as well. Yes. 
a hundred percent. I like what you said about rewarding or punishing with food. Um, that's where we get that. That's where we're feeding into what we've all kind of grown up with, with nutrition, you know, right or wrong. It's made it very difficult for a lot of people to overcome food addictions or overcome their, their, their need to lean on food in times of stress or times of overjoy and happiness and stuff like that. And we want to try to avoid some of that stuff. I'm not a, you know, not every day is there a reason to celebrate with food is what I'm saying with that. Like birthdays, like you, there, there are plenty of occasions where yes, of course, enjoy food. Holidays are a big thing with that. You know I mean? We, we all come around big holiday meals with our families and that's a good time to enjoy it. Um, but yeah, yeah. Just because you had a good day at work or just because you had a bad day at work doesn't mean that we need to come home and sabotage ourselves and where we want to go with it. And again, that it takes lots of mess ups a lot of times before we can really get to the other side of it and realize, you know, okay, this has been a handful of times that I've made this choice and it's only derailed me further. It's only led to more stress or more frustration, whatever the case is. Um, but so then coming back into all this though, am I giving myself grace or excuses. And a lot of people, when they come into their check-ins and they had a bad week, um, and again, maybe it was work or family related or something of that nature. Maybe it's in the situation where this, this, this woman, um, she got married, she's moving, she is changing her jobs all at once. That's a lot of stress. That's probably going to affect her sleep a little bit, even if she's trying to stay in a good rhythm with it. It's that's going to be a week where even even I like ideally I'm going to have some of my food made. But when you're busy packing and moving and stuff like that, it's easy just to call Chipotle real quick. And like there's going to be weeks like that where you just you just don't really follow too much. But you still show up on check in day and you still say that, well, you know, this week went like this. But instead of harping on what you didn't do well, let's talk about the, the, the wins with it. You know, uh, let's focus on those lifestyle or on, on those big life wins, like moving or, you know, changing jobs or getting a promotion or getting married and stuff like that. Like those are all really big wins and it's okay if, if things knock you off a little bit with that, but then let's get back on track as soon as we can with it as well. Um, whereas a whole different thing is, Hey, you, you made a bunch of poor decisions on food this week, but it wasn't because of any of those special occasions. It wasn't because of any of these big life events. It was because you didn't meal prep. And that's when, when we're not going to give ourselves grace for that. You did not take the time to set yourself up for success this week. And that's where it's more of a kick in the ass instead of, you know, myself or Renee saying it's okay. Like it's all right. Like in that situation, we are going to say it's okay. And we are going to say it's all right. But we're also going to say, let's not do that this weekend. Let's get back on track. Let's meal prep this weekend. Um, you know, again, it's not about being angry about our past decisions, but it's about learning from those and learning, was this a situation I need to give myself grace? Or was this a situation where I didn't do what I needed to do? And there were consequences because of that. I didn't like how I showed up on check-in day. I didn't like my energy all this week. My digestion was messed up all this week. That's a great time to reflect on all that stuff. And that X, Y, and Z all happened this week because we didn't do A, which was just meal prep, going grocery shopping. That time, I always tell myself, like, I I don't like meal prepping. It's probably my least favorite thing to do on Sundays, but I always know that my future self will for it. And that tell myself all the time. And uh, that just helps so much because, yeah, Monday comes around. I'm like, oh, wow, thank goodness I have food as opposed to, oh, dang, like, now I have to cook dinner on Monday night because I didn't do it Sunday exactly. and my future self is now not happy with my past self when yep. I could have been happier. And it's like, you have the time to do it. So just do it as opposed to putting it off and thinking that it's this monstrous task. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it actually saves time in their long run. Oh, it, it definitely does. And then the other component to that as well is like, 
you know, meal prep doesn't have to take a long time. If you're somebody who needs a, a lot of uh, variations with it and really intricate ways of doing it, that's fine. Like you're, you're choosing that hard, but it might be worth it to you in the long run. But also the more you meal prep, especially if you're really new at this, the more you can get in that kitchen and trial on error, Google some stuff, you know, use the resources that that we've provided to you as well to help you with meal prep and, and cooking and things like that. But um, trial and error is really a big piece of it. You know, my, my first, I always talk about this, you know, my first year when I was doing my first bodybuilding show and I was on my first quote unquote diet plan from a coach, I was, I was buying giant bags, you know, five pound bag of green beans from sprouts with all the ends on them. And I was going through and cutting off each individual green bean in so I could steam it. And when I go to eat that meal throughout the rest of the week, it's not like I really enjoyed the green beans. I mean, I didn't do anything super special to them. I probably could have cooked them in a slightly different way. But regardless, I was spending literally 45 minutes to an hour on my damn green beans that no matter how they were cooked, I wasn't like going to be in heaven eating them. So I'm like, why am I doing this when I can just get I can just get frozen green beans and literally take zero time out of my Sunday to make that happen? Uh, now, of course, organic sprouts, green beans are probably going to be a little bit better, probably a little more nutrient dense. But regardless I'm looking at how can I actually stick to this? Well, spending an hour on green beans on every single Sunday is not a long-term approach. Uh, the only reason- You don't why- have to be perfect either. Yeah, like exactly. that's where Marcus and I are different too. Like I would much rather eat the organic, yes. more nutrient-dense stuff. And, and take more time doing- And take more time because yeah. I have found benefits from that. Mm-hmm. But that's kind of the benefit of Marcus and I too is that we're not the same. And he's going to have tricks that I don't and I'll have tricks that he doesn't. And so that that's where you can kind of see that one way isn't wrong and one way isn't right. A hundred percent. Whatever you can stick to and keeps you feeling the best. And Renee, kind of back to, to like what you said, you know, um, when you have, cause, cause you have, you know, diet restrictions and things like that. And that's not for a weight purpose. That's for how you feel purpose. That's for your food sensitivities and stuff like that. So if you don't meal prep on Sunday, and you come into Monday and maybe you don't have time for some reason on Monday night to cook that healthier meal. Maybe you didn't have anything ready to go that you could have had for breakfast or lunch that day. So now you're limited to survival mode. Do you starve all day or do you go pick up something else? Well, especially if you have dietary restrictions, you're kind of between a rock and a hard place. It's like, I can really only go to so many places. You might not even have time to do that. So then it's like, do I actually just not eat until I can go eat what I can eat? Or do I just, and then I'm angry. <laughs> exactly. Or do I just eat something because I'm just starving? I have to get something in me, but then it wasn't as good for me, whatever the case is. And then you feel bloated and you feel awful the rest of the day. And then again, you might not even have time to go home and meal prep that night. So now it's been Sunday, that Monday, that, and then it's, you're living in survival mode. And that's another fact uh, factor of all this stuff is you're adding more stress to your plate because you're living in survival mode because you didn't take the time to do the one thing you needed to do. And that very well could be. And that's why, you know, um, I, I provide other meal plans from like, um, you know, Allison, before she had to hop off here, before we started recording, she's using some factor meals for dinner right now, just because life is busy. Kids are back at school. They're in, you know, after school sports and stuff like that. And she's got to have a go-to meal at dinner time. And instead of going out to McDonald's on the way home, or not eating, she's has these meals that they can just pop in the microwave for two minutes and boom, she's good to go. Um, so there's so many different ways that we can pivot. Um, and that takes some ingenuity on your part, but ultimately it, it takes the communication on your part so that we can figure out what are some solutions in this situation. Um, but yeah, Renee, you got anything else to add? Cindy, you got any questions about all this? Anything to add on, on your perspective of all of this? You don't have to. Um... For me, I would just say 
I know I personally struggle with like it giving myself grace and listening to my body versus knowing when to push myself. Yeah. Um, and so that's something too, that I think there's a fine line. You kind of have to walk um, of not giving yourself grace all the time, Yeah. but also not never grace, if that makes sense. Yeah. And I, I do think it's hard to, for a lot of people to recognize, and maybe it's because a lot of people are brand new into this is like not knowing when it's okay to give grace, not know when. And and so again, that's again, comes back to the importance of check-ins. You know, I feel like every single one of these Zoom calls, we keep coming back to the importance of communication and check-ins, but that's another big piece of it because in order to know when to give yourself grace and when to push yourself, sometimes you have to be able to check in. So I can tell you that again, that's our yeah. purposes as a coach. And I feel like there's a lot of times that a client has not given themselves grace like they need to be doing and they're making their life so much harder and so much stressful and they're feeling like a failure and they're focusing on all the negatives of their life or negatives of what their choices were that week instead of all the other wins that they had or potentially could have had if they would have just allowed themselves to focus on what they can control that week. And again, that comes back to your check-in. So, you know, when, whenever I see that that temperature on somebody's check-in where they're just focusing on negative, 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 so angry at themselves, I'm like, yo, 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 take a step back. That's all wasted energy at this point. You can be angry as hell about this past week, but that's not serving us any purpose if we're not going to find- to learn from it. Exactly, exactly. And so, um, you know, that's check-ins are not supposed to be a punishment. I don't want you to come there and feel very, very disappointed. But at the same time, if you're coming there feeling disappointed, Number one, maybe you are just not giving yourself grace. Maybe you are looking at negatives, but also maybe you're feeling disappointed because you know you could have done it a whole lot better. And it's important that you feel that feeling and you live in that feeling for a little bit. You live in that uncomfortableness and then you respond and you grow from it. Um, but if you don't check in because of that reason, you're not going to grow from it. You're going to stay stuck and you're going to have more weeks like that. And then you're going to have, then you're just going to stop checking all together. And then you're just going to give up on this leg of your health journey until six months or six years passes. And you're like, hey, I need to do this again for X, Y, or Z reasons. Well, you're still going to have to overcome that mental side of things and that that mindset approach with it. So you're here now. So let's go ahead and do it. Um, Renee, you got anything else to add with all that stuff? I appreciate you chiming in on all this. Nothing off the top of my head right now. I feel like it. Just the important, I remember Nicole once had told me this, that she always picks like three staples and that's what she sticks to. Um, I think some of hers at the time were like a certain number of water per day, three mm-hmm. workouts per week yeah. and like something else. But it was like, she wasn't going to get mad at herself if she did less or she less wasn't an option, yeah. but if she didn't do any of the bonus things, the a number four, five, and six option, it's not about doing that. It's I'm going to control these. Yeah. And so if you can pick those staples in your life that mean something to you and that push you to do better and want to do better because you feel better, then I think that is what's beneficial as well. Um, You don't need to set 10 staples, yeah. but just me, that kind of like sets you into a routine and sets you to show up for yourself. A hundred percent. And, and, and the ones you mentioned are, are really good ones with it. And and when Renee says, Nicole, um, for those of you listening and sitting, you may or may not know who she's talking about. That's my wife, um, Renee and Nicole are friends as well, but um, no. Yeah. And so kind of coming back to that, you know, if, if you have one good takeaway from this call right here is that during, and this has been a, a really a, a common theme that I've had a lot of phone calls with a lot of clients that have been struggling lately. And again, it, it is that they're, tra- they're overwhelmed by trying, they thinking that they need to be doing it all instead of just honing in on a couple of things they can control during these tough times. So 
you got to think about on your very, very worst week that you're going through, that you've gone through, that you will go through. What are the things you can still control during that week? And in context and case by case, it might look a little bit different, but in my opinion, one thing that should always be controlled is water intake. Um, I'm not going to harp on that because I always do, but water intake is a very, very easy one. We live in America. You got clean drinking water everywhere. Take advantage of it. Don't make excuses about your water intake. Don't sip, chug. If you're sipping, if I'm sipping, there's no way I'm going to get in my gallon plus my gallon and a half of water a day. So when I think about taking a drink of water, I don't sip, I chug unless I'm on the Zoom call and then I'll sip a little bit just to have my to wet my whistle a little bit. But if I'm actually trying to get water intake down for the day, I'm getting it down. I'm not waiting until 7 p.m. So I'm up peeing all night. I'm getting it down first thing in the morning. So water intake is a very, very easy one. And then set little rules in place for that. Um, you know, a very, very easy one and one you should do for digestion and energy and cognition is first thing in the morning before you have anything else, get a lot of water in. Drink 20, 30, 40 ounces. You know, even if it's not first thing or by itself, get 40 ounces in or 30 ounces in before you leave for work each day, before you actually really get your day going with it. It's a very easy win. So water takes always one. Um, again, coming back to it, because sleep is so important. Let's try to have some sort of a bedtime routine. You don't have to be perfect with it. You can chip away at it. You can keep on improving it time and time again. Um, and something I kind of struggle with is turning the TV off, TV off at a certain time. Sometimes I'm really good. Sometimes I struggle, but the next morning I'm like, damn, I should have turned it off when I first thought about it last night. But that's again, something that if, as long as you're mindful of, you're going to have a lot more good days than bad days with it. So try to optimize your bedtime routine. Try to avoid, you know, even if you're not getting amazing sleep, put your phone up a little bit earlier, get the blue light out of your eyes with it. And, and the, the stimulating nature that our phones are going to provide us and put that up a little bit earlier. You know, again, like my rule with that is like after this call, I'm going to check my text real quick if I need to reply anything because I'm still in work work mode. But then I'm going to put my phone on do, do not disturb or silent mode or whatever and go put it on the charger. And I'm not going to look at it again other than setting my alarm for the morning. Um, so water and sleep are always controllable things. And then ideally it's your meal prep and sticking to your diet plan. But it might just be, I'm just going to have 50% of my diet plan. I'm just going to have, even if you're not going to follow a diet plan, I'm going to have three servings of protein each day. And that's a very easy controllable thing that you can get, whether you meal prep for it or you're eating out, you can still go get three servings of protein. And then over time, we can always optimize that. But uh, Renee, I like that point of just bringing up that finding some, some easy staples that you might surpass, you might get in bonus things that week. It might be like, oh my God, that was actually pretty easy. What can I add on to this? But- Well, and I think once you- for a while, like once you like, let's say your only staple is 120 ounces of water. Eventually, you're going to get bored with that being your only staple because yep. you're going to you have we will have built that self advocacy in yourself that you can show up for yourself. And so yep. now you want to add something else on, and that's that's what you kind of build it off on. And again, it just takes time to learn that. But once you like work out for me, and I did it three times, I was like, I can handle this now, so mm. I can add four. And then it just kind of slowly builds and yep. you see the benefits from that growth. Well, and you, you get more and more excited to add on to it. Once you see yeah. the benefits of the one or two things you're doing, then you're like, well, if I do a third thing, I'm going to feel even more benefits. And then again, it just, you know, um, momentum feeds momentum and that could be positive. That could be negative. Um, so if we're building more and more momentum in the right direction, then it's going to be easy to add on to that. It's going to be easier for it to snowball and compound with more and more good stuff. Um, but again, it goes the opposite way as well, though. So we'll save that topic for another day. But Renee, good talking. Sydney, thanks for being here. Um, yeah. And you guys have.
Marcus, I was just yeah. going to add, um, like for me, the, um, like getting the workouts in, eating the food is, is easy, but it's the water intake, which yeah. I talked with you about that. And so for me, I've been giving myself way too much grace with the water intake. <laughs> and so I needed to come to you and be like, okay, help me get like, get my shit together with this. And so since I told you like, that is my struggle, I need your help. I've been like, I keep thinking of everything you're, you've said to me in the chat, like, you know, do this, do this, do this. And it's been helpful for me this week to like, like, I feel like if I don't do it, then I'm letting you down. You know what I mean? Like, well, yeah, I, I don't want you to feel like you're letting me down. Like, I don't want no, to, but in a good so way, in a good it helps, way, though. like helps, I can help, I can come to my coach and be like, Hey, I, like I need, I need you to hold me accountable to this yeah. because I'm not able to at this time. Well, and, 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 so. and to shed light on, you know, for anybody listening to this, well, though, like Cindy, Cindy, the teacher. So she, uh, what grade do you teach again, Cindy? Um, third. Ask, ask you this all the time. Yeah. Third grade. So a teacher setting is way different than pretty much any other job because you can't just go to the bathroom whenever you want to just go to the bathroom. Like you have classes there, you have 25 little kids looking at you, third graders looking at you and you can't just walk out of the room whenever you really, really want to. So in Sydney's situation and some other job settings, you don't really have the option just to chug water all day. Um, so Sydney, first off, I'm happy that you expressed that that concern and that that struggle with it. And I definitely get that. Like the teacher's perspective with that is very, very difficult. Um, so ultimately it comes down to, and this is probably what we talked about, but I think I'll, I'll just kind of restate what you and I had talked about. And some of these are already kind of mentioned, but is getting a lot of water first thing in the morning. You got to look at when are you going to have breaks in the day? So if your schedule is really tight like this, know when your breaks are coming up. As a teacher, you pretty much know when you're going to have certain breaks that are designated throughout your day. So the first thing, first thing in the morning, whenever you're getting up, getting ready, you know, get a shaker bottle, get a big cup, whatever it is that you're going to use, know how much water is in it ideally, and get the whole thing down before you have breakfast or before you walk out the door and go to work. Um, and then, you know, have a way. So like you, you want to know how many ounces are in whatever your, your drinking device is. My big metal jug right here is like 60 ounces. So I know if I'm halfway through it, I got 30 ounces that I just went through. So then you're trying to time your next big bout of water when you know that you have a break coming up. So if you have a break at 1030 and you're going to have a 30 minute break, then maybe at 945 or 10 o'clock, you start being a little more intentional and drinking that water down. Now in your situation, again, like you're not just sitting at your desk staring at the kids being like, oh, I can just drink a lot of water. You've got things going on and that's when you do have to give yourself some grace with it, but then have your other rules in place. Like when you're looking at the time and you're kind of planning out the rest of your, your next little lesson you're working on, oh shit, lunch is coming up and I'm gonna have 30 minutes. I need to start forcing water down right now. Um, so that way 30, 40 minutes goes past and boom, you got to pee and in perfect timing because it's lunchtime. And then same thing at the end of the day, when you know, okay, the bell's about to ring at three o'clock and the kids are getting out, um, you're going to have access to go to the bathroom. So start chugging a lot of water then. So if you've got 30 minutes, you know, 30 ounces in before you went to work, you got 30 ounces or 20 ounces in before you went to lunch, 20 or 30 ounces before the end of the day, you're already at, you know, 80 or 90 ounces for the day. That doesn't include any time you were sipping on water throughout the day. And so 80 or 90 ounces are already more than what a lot of people are getting anyway. And probably more than what you're getting in Sydney. And then you go to the gym afterwards and boom, you got another 30 ounces. And then you just sip on, you know, water or whatever, whatever else that you're sipping on the rest of the evening for dinner and stuff like that. But now you don't have to backload water 
right before you're going to bed because you got it all in throughout the day. So it just comes down to sitting, you know, and anybody else on this is you, you maybe you need to set alarms or reminders. Maybe you need to set notes in your phone, whatever is going to kind of help you with it. Um, you know, Sydney, maybe even, you know, I know a lot of teachers, they have like their schedule written out on their big whiteboard for the whole class to see or whatever the case is. Maybe go put a little little special note for Sydney on there that, hey, drink water at this time. So whenever you're looking ahead for it, and maybe I also love the idea of this as well. I had a, I had a fifth grade teacher with TLF um, last year, I believe, and water intake was one of the things that she struggled with as well, because I think most teachers do. And she included her fifth graders in her goal to drink more water. And so she kind of tied it into them. They held her accountable. I'm sure that because of that, her whole class probably drank a lot more water and was more intentional with it. And boom, because she's trying to make a healthy habit, like drink more water. She just positively affected 20 to 25 fifth graders. And they got to be a part of that experience with her all year long with her water goals. And even though that seems very, very small, that's a huge deal. And it's making those kids even more, um, mindful of that type of stuff. You don't have to talk about this when it comes to like body composition and weight. Like that's not what we're talking about. We're just talking about feeling good and drinking enough water for good digestion and good energy and all that good stuff. So I think that's, that's you know, awesome. Sydney, Sydney. Yeah. I, I think any of these things that you can tie into your class, I think educators specifically, you already have a lot on your plate. So I'm not saying you need to add more to your plate, but if you're trying to live a healthy lifestyle, include your kids in it, let them see what you're drinking let them see what you're eating because you're a superhero to them. Just like I was a superhero in PE and they might be going home and seeing zero healthy habits and zero mentally healthy habits from their family members and their, whatever the case is. So you have an added, in my opinion, responsibility because these are kids are with you just as much as is, is with or with their parents, if not more throughout the day. So you have all these little moments to essentially brainwash kids into drinking more water and maybe making better choices. If they see, you know, their teacher is drinking Coke and eating Cheetos or whatever that is, you know, in front of them, what, are, what do they think is normal? You know, they're seeing their parents do that. They're seeing their teacher do it. So we drink Coke and we eat chips and we do all this stuff. And then before you know it, they're in high school and they're in college, they're adults and they have all these shitty habits. Whereas maybe what they saw their third grade teacher do in terms of eating healthier and drinking more water might've changed their life to some way extent, you know, and as a third grade teacher, you know, a lot of the stuff that you're touching on is going to impact a lot of them over the next year, over the next 10 years. And Sydney, I don't know about you, but like, Every moment at school, I always thought about this is a moment that a kid might remember for the rest of their life. Like I remember back to just various memories that I had in elementary school, middle school and high school. And things things the teacher probably never recognized would have really stuck with me. It's just weird stuff that sticks with you. So it's like every moment is an opportunity that they could have something truly stick with them for the rest of their life and think back to their third grade teacher and the impact that made on them, you know? Yes, I think about that a lot, and awesome. that's a good point to have them see what I'm eating and yeah. what I'm drinking. And yeah, and I don't, I don't then, want you to like. And this goes back to how we shape health talks and food talks and stuff like that with our kids um, and with your students. Is we don't want them to look at this as like, oh, I'm trying to lose 20 pounds. Like we don't want them to see it as a weight thing. We don't want them to see it as a self image thing. We want to see it as just. Hey, this is a really healthy habit that I kind of struggle with. And that's another teachable moment. You're teaching them that, hey, adults struggle too. I need help in this. And then you're you're showing your struggles and you're showing your perseverance. And by the end of the year, you're like, guys, 
I don't struggle with my water intake anymore. And it's because of your help. And they have even more, um, I don't know, I guess pride in what they were able to help their teacher do because it's so rare that kids get to help their teachers do something, you know? I love that. I think I'm going to try that with my third grade assistant. Yeah. So. yeah. I think that'd be awesome. Yeah. And, and you're going to do it, you know, first thing in the school year or whatever the case is, but, you know, look at the, the, the other ways too. Cause I think that it's not just water intake. I think that's a really good place to start with it, but I think you could integrate a lot of health and fitness into their lives there at school. Um, right. Yeah. I love that though, Sydney. I do um, have another question. It's kind of yeah. off topic. So I'm sorry. Can you no, hear no. me okay? First of all. Yeah. Yeah, you're okay. good. Um, uh, so Renee, will Renee be able to reply to our um, check-ins? Does she see that? Are you still like the great, main coach? Great, great question. So um, Renee and I are going to be like on these calls together. We'll be part of the communities together. She has her own clients and then, you know, like like you're, you're my client with it. So she won't be able to see your messages. I won't be able to see her client messages. I think that's a good question that might need clarity just for gotcha. everybody. And, and gotcha. I don't know if you answered that last week or not. I wasn't able to hop on, but I was just curious. So. Yeah, no, we, we didn't actually talk about that last week, but yeah. So for anybody that might've had that question and maybe that's a post that we make at some point in the group as well. Um, but yeah, yeah. So like the great thing with it is that we have now a female and a male perspective with it within, within driving lives. So like as part of the community groups and these zoom calls. And honestly, I mean, I, I don't see any reason why you guys can't communicate back and forth with it. Um, I, I, I don't know if Renee is able to necessarily message any, anybody or anybody message her or not, but, um, I know she has like, I don't think she can see our messages and stuff like that, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. Anyway, though, uh, good question. Group. You can, if you like ever wanted advice, you can go to like the group yeah, would be which honestly, I want people to ask questions there anyway, because most times when one person has one question, there's 10 other people that have the same question that maybe didn't think to ask it, or maybe they were too nervous because they don't like a public forum and stuff like that. But yeah, anytime you guys have questions, I if you can post it, I mean, ask me, ask Renee, and I think we can also do a good question, you know, a good job of resharing those questions. Um you know, copy and paste and kind of the question, maybe not who said it, but then answering it for the whole group. Because again, I feel like a lot of people have similar questions. Maybe just not everybody's answering them or asking them. But uh, anyway, Sydney, you got anything Thank else? For us? Yeah. Oh, no, I don't think so. Well, girl, I appreciate Thank you being you. on the call, asking all your questions. <laughs> and, and, and it shows because you're making amazing progress. So keep it up. Keep investing in yourself with all. And good luck this school year. Hopefully Thank the rest you. of the week was smooth for you. Thank you. Of course, of course. Yes. We'll, see, we'll see you all on checking in tomorrow. Everybody else, uh, yes. make sure you guys check in this week and have a great week and week ahead and all that good stuff. You guys have a good night. Bye.